Let me tell you a story about a guy named Tice who's created these bees that make me hot. Little beans in their bodies and cute little faces and addicted to them. Been to all kinds of places, smuggling bees upstairs. It's no lie, and it all ain't at all on a guy named What We Consume. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. I'm here. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. Teddy bears are far superior than Beanie Babies because teddy bears can hold your soul and they sleep with you at night and protect you. And we are once again joined by our good friend, Michael. Yeah, uh, I'm here. I don't have weird cryptic stuff about teddy bears to say, but... Oh my gosh, speaking of a teddy bear, I have one right beside me. And I forgot, totally forgot. Look at him. He's a little, little, little teddy. He's sitting not near me all the time, protecting me while I play video games and podcast. It's a nice teddy. Yeah, That's he's... crazy. He's soft. Can't protect you from Adam, though. <laughs> no, nobody can be. No innocence can be protected from Adam. That is really true. He, he is a menace to society. Yeah, he should change his name to like. <laughs> I was gonna try to combine Nemesis and Nantucket, but it just kept coming out Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're back with part two of the Beanie Baby story, where we left off Ty Warner had created Ty Inc. and had started selling Beanie Babies, but at first they didn't sell very well. He refused to do any marketing for them, he only sold to small or independent stores, and even then he only sold them in small bundles, and he was very secretive with his supply. He didn't even have the Ty logo outside of their office. So how did this semi-successful plush company take over the last years of the 20th century? To be honest, I think the Thai logo in my mind is a lot more, like, I can notice that. Like, okay, it's very, oh my gosh, what I'm trying to say. It's very noticeable compared to, like, just Beanie, like, you know what Beanie Babies are. But I think we, like, I was at the store over... Like, you said that they were at the gas station and stuff, and I, I mm-hmm. was thinking over, um, like, Christmas and stuff, I saw that they were, like, Beanie Babies and stuff at the at the store, but I don't think I realized that they were Beanie Babies, but I think I, like, I remember seeing the logo, the T-Y logo. Yeah, because it's a, it's a big red heart with a yellow uh, yeah. outline, and then it's got T-Y and under case letters in the middle of it yeah it's it's an effective logo just because like us in our formative years saw that shit everywhere at some point yeah one factor that allowed their success to become so gargantuan was a group of women sometimes referred to as the naperville wives so-called because they all came from the chicago suburb of naperville and the surrounding area so they all had previously had their own careers, but uh, at this point, like in the 90s, they had all, or at least most of them, had tr- transitioned to being stay-at-home moms. So they ended up doing a lot of shopping, so they ended up being out a lot. And this was a pretty affluent neighborhood. Like, most of the um, houses are pretty big and have like at least two to three a lot of them had three car garages, at least. 
Um, not, not trying to make a point here, just that, like, these women be shopping. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, because of that, a lot of them discovered these Beanie Babies while out shopping, or their neighbors talked about, like, oh, I just picked up these cute little plush toys. Uh, so, one by one, they all became aware of uh, plush toys by word of mouth, and they started getting interested in them. They'd find them cute, or the kids would find them cute, or be interested in them, and they'd buy a couple, and then they'd find out that there's other Beanie Baby models out there. So they started, you know, getting this collector's mindset of like, okay, well, if there's more of them, we should get all of them. Uh, so they started obsessing with collecting each one. For the most part, the main uh, women that are considered the quote-unquote Naperville wives are Mary Beth Sobolewski, uh, Becky Phillips, Joni Hirsch Blackman, and Peggy Gallagher. Most of them lived within walking distance of each other. Like, I think, I think several of them could see each other's houses from their front step. Like, they, these women were in very small vicinity, you, you know? You're making it sound like that's bad. That is my dream with my friends. I hope one day we can walk to each other and I can look at you in the window and we, we can hang out and do everything. You don't want to be I, looking I'm not through saying, my windows. I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm saying is it's very interesting because these women, like, some of them were friends with each other, but for the most part, they were just independently, like, very close to each other, but also independently, like, all very interested in Beanie Babies. Without, like, influence from one another, typically? Yeah, I mean, like... I'm sure there was some, like, but... Like I said, there, there's some word of mouth that, like, bounced between them, but, like, for the most part, they all, like, decided to become collectors somewhat independently. It'd be kind of funny if, like, they were having, like, tea parties, and they were talking about, like, growing their collections and becoming, like, an empire of <laughs> Thai beanie babies. Yeah. They also, like, they, they started collecting, uh, and they found that they had basically exhausted the local supply. Like, those stores would get more, but typically the same ones they already had, so they started having to spread out further. And they also couldn't find a lot of information from Thai Incorporated directly, so they started searching further away, spreading out from Naperville to the neighboring towns before searching even further away. And they started like creating their own Beanie Babies catalogs so that they could check off which ones they had, how many of which ones they had, and see like what gaps needed to be filled. Man, why Beanie ba Like, There's probably so many other cooler things at this time than Beanie Babies that it's, they could have been collecting. I mean, there was, there was plenty of collectibles in the 90s. There was like still Pogs coming over from the 80s. There was Ninja Turtles... Uh, right after this, there'd be Pokemon. Like, the 90s was just, like, a collection mindset for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, Beanie Babies just happened to be, like, cute and not very expensive at this point. Like, it's $5 for each one. Like I said, these women were relatively affluent, so, like, they could afford to, you know, buy a couple. And, you know, you just set them up on your piano or on top of your bookcase or wherever, and, like, you just have this neat little row of cute plush toys well nowadays i have to like consider do i really want to break the bank buying two or three gunpla kits to put together <laughs> yeah 
and that that's another thing about the 90s is like the economy was doing pretty okay for a lot of people i mean like not everyone obviously but like if if you were if you had money you tended to have enough to like cover everything yeah this just happened to be what they all decided to collect like one of their husbands collected porsches so a five dollar beanie baby every week isn't really gonna match up dude the right. por- porsches are way cooler than beanie babies they're a lot more expensive too and have a lot more upkeep yeah but they get the babes uh, already got the babe i mean how, how many how many guys do you think got laid because of their uh beanie baby collection compared to like a porsche collection probably at least one I would say yeah. at least one. I bet there is one weird dude out there who had who had game and he just pulled him and he was like, look at my Beanie Baby, baby collection. And they just like, panties so, fell yeah, off. He just, he, just, he just like opens his jacket and they're all in their own individual little pockets with their heads. Broken. God, like, there, the, like in all the 90s and early 2000s, like trench coat guys who like selling illegal things. Yeah. Trying to think, there's a, a person I've seen on Twitter a few times who has like a bunch of like memorabilia of a cartoon character, and I can't remember what the cartoon character is, but that's what it reminds me of, or that that's what that was reminding me of. Like, I mean, you could you could probably name any cartoon character, and there's a guy on Twitter like that. Well, yeah, for sure, but this is a a, a woman who's like this, I think, oh. and it's that's what it reminded me of when we were talking about like, oh, here's my whole room full of all of this of this one character yeah oh it's uh, it's randy from south park i'll have to huh. share randy? that with you guys yeah that's that interesting not would not have been my first guess i don't think that would have been anybody's first guess they started creating their own little catalog system to figure out which ones they had and which ones they still needed like an addiction, every time they successfully scored a new one, the Beanie Baby hooks dug in deeper, and it was off to search for the next one. Pretty soon, the collecting mentality made the moms more invested than the children. Like, at this point, like it doesn't matter what they're collecting. It's just like, this is my thing, and I'm, I'm going nuts for it. Yeah, it's like the people who do the rock tumbling. That seems like the point, most pointless hobby in the world. But those like those people love it. It's like that, the rock tumbling. All you do is go find a rock and then you tumble it for a month and then you look at it and do nothing with it. That's basically what baby, beanie baby collecting is. What do you mean by tumble it? Uh, like you put it in like this canister thing and it like polishes the rock or something. I have no idea oh. what it's called. Or I mean, I think it's called rock tumbling, but I have no idea what like the hobby's called. Okay. Uh. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, So, in any case, they start searching further and wider. The only information they could get directly from Ty was some of the stores they sold them to. Like, they'd call Ty and Ty would be like, well, we sell it to here and here and here. They'd write those down. They'd go and check out those places. How big, like, is the, like, Ty Industries or whatever huge at that time? Or is it, like, um, is it the main guy, like, they call and he picks up every time and he's, like, sending them on wild goose chases? Uh, A lot of it was probably through uh, Lena Trevetti. She was the one who uh, came up with the poems and the uh, website. She was hired to be a, it's not a receptionist, but, like, she was hired to work the phones, um, 
so it was probably her a lot of the time. Probably just yeah, a customer. She was the twelfth employee with Ty. Right. So they weren't like wow, but that Randy Marsh room is quite something. That is actually a terrifying room. That person is probably <laughs> they need. They, I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but. I'm assuming they've probably had a few doctor's visits for uh, something upstairs. They've just got their little hobby. That's, their hobby no. happens to be like kind of horrifying. That's not. That's at. not a hobby. That's an obsession. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Also, could you, like dedicating a room to something like that just seems so pointless and such a waste of like, like of a room. Uh, yeah, well, you know, why make a Randy Marsh room when you can make a goon room? That's probably the same room. I was about to say it probably is the same room for that person. <laughs> what's a what's a goon room? Uh, we oh, do no. not have time to talk about that right now. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll have some information for you later. So they start calling these shops to see where, like, what they had, and then they ask about other shops in the area. And finally, finally, they'd call the city's chamber of commerce to find out what other stores existed. They kept calling, and their search grew. First, other towns, then other states. Finally, they were calling all across the country and racking up phone bills that were nearly two thousand dollars a month. That's yeah, that's insane. crazy because you have to like remember like long distance calling. You you spend good bit of money on that like that's not even like really a big deal these days yeah no we can call we can call anywhere for free like especially if you have whatsapp like or freaking i think you uh even if you use what is oh my god the iphone calling thing if you're on wi-fi uh facetime Fa- yeah Fa- facetime <laughs> whatever is that yeah yeah um and they were at least some of them were competitive with each other. One would go to a store or call ahead only to find out that the store had sold their supply to one of the other women just hours before. It's just like, ah, oh, that bitch Becky beat me. God <laughs> uh, damn it, Peggy. Yeah. Uh, the collection, the collecting became an obsession that at first some of them had to hide from their husbands. Like they'd go buy a, like a stash of Beanie Babies and then they'd run up to their uh, own private office and stash them and like then eventually the husbands would be like what are you doing up here oh my god it just there's just no reason to collect beanie babies even at that time <laughs> they just still have no they have no monetary value either and then they Look, never they literally never have any monetary value after that Kevin well you, you gotta that's think, not entirely true this is pre 9/11. I'm, 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 I know. <laughs> it was a time of whimsy for your average white person in America. So I watch a lot of like classic ads, and you can tell, like, even like in the 90s ads and stuff like that, it's like, it's different. This is a different yeah. time pre 9 11. Think about the world if 9 11 never happened. I'm not saying it's like, we were not like, like a peace piece, but it's, it's a relatively peaceful time. For at least the states. So, yeah. I mean, people are just going to do whatever. We should go back. Prevent. <laughs> we can't Become prevent 9-11. a return 9/11. guy for the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We can't prevent be, 9-11 because then we prevent movie. My Chemical Romance. 
and then right. that would prevent Twilight. <laughs> that would prevent um, the Oppenheimer movie. Gordon Ramsay would have a much quieter career. That too. Uh, Guaranteed, there's a '90s like uh, time travel movie that's going to happen within the next ten, fifteen years, one hundred percent. Unless yeah. there's already one. I think there already is one, but uh, probably not exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, I would imagine that's coming. Yeah, we're still stuck in like time traveling back to the '80s if we do a time travel movie. Still, but I think the '80s will always be like even like in 50 years. I think the '80s will always be super popular. Like, there's just something about the '80s that is fucking cool, you know. I certainly have nostalgia for it, even though I wasn't even alive during that time. So, uh, yeah, so uh, all this calling and desperate searching made the store owners curious about these little plush toys. Uh, so, like, they would start stocking more, and these women would start going to those stores more. And so, like, it started slowly growing. At the same time, these women were talking to other people about them, making them curious enough to go buy them themselves. And so, like, it grew that way as well. This word of mouth slowly grew, uh, and Thai Incorporated continued to pump out new toys without advertising. In 1996, Thai Inc. experienced a thousand percent order increase. So did these ladies alone start the freaking Beanie Baby boom? Like, are they, they were the catalyst for the Beanie Baby boom? They were certainly a, a contributing factor, like, a, a, in a major way. That's great. Well... I mean, it is pretty crazy. There, I mean, um, no, I guess there wasn't like pre-internet forums to where they like, or not pre, like internet forums to where because there's there's internet at that time. Yeah, you had like there was, game but like in... one of the only things on the internet at that time was the Beanie Baby website. Yeah, but I wonder yeah. if they had like a like a forum or something that they like these ladies started to run and they were like talking to each other. I, I don't think they really ran forums, but there were forums that people were chatting in. Yeah. Um, and I think even, I, I'm pretty sure the Beanie Baby website had its own forum. Um, if you could even get onto forums. the Beanie Baby website, because it would crash yeah. like constantly. Yeah, because this was the 90s and like suddenly everyone was interested in Beanie Babies, the website was just constantly crashing. Did they make like a... Um... Like since they were all doing it, and you said they made a catalog, did they also make like a like a a mailing like newsletter list or anything like that? Well, yes, we'll get to okay. that. Okay. Um, in April of uh, nineteen ninety six, Ty had to lease three seven thirty sevens to ship an emergency resupply of Beanie Babies from Seoul, South Korea, to the U S. to meet demand ahead of the Easter holiday. What? Yeah. Dude, filling dude filling up. Uh, those planes in general with just Beanie Babies, that's a ton of Beanie Babies. That's a lot. They can hold a lot of Beanie Babies. Oh, yeah, because Beanie Babies aren't that big, no. and those planes are pretty sizable. Especially if, it, if you're just talking about, like, um, like, a, like a story, like a... What is it? Dude, my brain is not working right now. Like a cargo, like a just a cargo like a plane. Cargo plane. Like I think I, I'm. I believe these were passenger planes that just were empty. Like they still had the seats in them and everything. 
Um, so I think it was just like boxes in every seat or something like that. They got rented three planes to do that. That's crazy. So Joni Hirsch Blackman, uh, one of the Naperville uh, women, was a freelance journalist for People's People's Magazine. Uh, Joni somehow gets an interview with Ty Warner for People Magazine in 1996. It's one of the only interviews he ever did. Um, Quote, They have soft heads, floppy ears, and squishy bodies. They are also small enough to fit in your pocket. But to store owners like Richard Gurnity, uh, those suburban, uh, who's sur- sorry, whose suburban Glenville, Illinois shop sold 5,000 of the pint-sized stuffed animals in the week before Valentine's Day, Beanie Babies are huge. They may become, quote, the biggest thing ever in retailing. Gurnity predicts, quote, Elvis, Sinatra, and the Beatles combined. That's insane. So they sold $25,000 worth of Beanie Babies in one, so, one yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, in the interview, Warner asks, quote, How many times can you buy something for five bucks that's going to drive a kid bananas? So People was pretty popular at the time. This interview brought a lot, like a, a big new spotlight on Beanie Babies, and sales continued to climb. Meanwhile, Ty Warner retreated from the spotlight like a plastic surgery Willy Wonka of plush toys. So Ty Warner that- wasn't like an... Like- he was an eccentric dude, but not like in. He didn't want to be in the public eye for some reason, and like. Yeah, he's 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 eccentric, uh, and he, like he tried to act, but now as a businessman, he just is a, a recluse. That's that's interesting that he like everything that we heard about him in the last like episode. It would make me think opposite. Like he would want he would be like an Elon Musk or be like. Somebody who wanted to be in the spotlight. Yeah, it's it's interesting when billionaires know how to shut the fuck up. He's like, I'm gonna get my money and ride it. Yeah. To be honest, but that I'd, one article... I'd probably do the same thing. I wouldn't be in the spotlight. I'll just ride the money and kick back and do nothing the rest of my life. God, that sounds you, so good. You say that now as one of us filthy pores, but... Somebody make me it. filthy rich. I'll do whatever you want. Besides it's like that anyone. meme where, like, like, if I hit the lottery, I wouldn't tell nobody, but there'd be signs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that one article was affected enough that Ty Incorporated witnessed astounding growth. Uh... Ty, ref- Ty Warner refused to do any more interviews, but journalists still wanted the story. So instead, they turned to the Naperville women. The women started being interviewed instead. Uh, they discussed their favorites, which they thought were rarest and most sought after. They went on TV shows and effectively became the advocates for Beanie Babies, while Ty Inc. continued to pump out new models and retire old ones in relative secrecy besides the website. I, I guess that makes sense, though. Like, if you can't talk to the experts who made them, the next people who probably have almost all of them are these women... So then you're going to interview them because if you want an expert on it who has all of them, you have to talk to them. Like it, like so that probably just yeah. blew up their popularity. Yeah, I hope one murders because... the other. I hope that's where we're going. I know I didn't hear about this or anything, Jesus. but that would be insane. Like twist. Kevin wants blood. 
Because there there was no word from Ty Inc. at first, these ladies were allowed to stay to say basically whatever they wanted, and for the most part, interviewers might have been shocked by some of the estimated values they threw out, but for the most part, they just nodded along. So, like, the news is happy because they get their story, because they get to talk to these women. The women are happy because they get to talk about their obsession with beanie babies in a in a pretty positive environment. Do you know except do you know how many beanie babies like the women had at that time? Like how big were any of their collection? Um I don't know exact numbers. They uh they pretty regularly had all of them. Uh yeah, and then like a new one would release and then they would have to like go get them. Uh but they pretty much kept up with the um uh, collecting what was at, at least at this point? What was some like, of them? Oh, keep going. I'll say some of them like even bought like multiple extras of them for like you know resaling at some point possibly and stuff like that. Yeah, or or just to have to make sure like you know in case one of them you know the dog got to one of them or like a house fire or whatever they had to make sure like they had all of them what did uh what was like one of the like numbers that they gave for how much their collection was worth um in a few years one of them uh is offered a hundred thousand dollars for their collection and they say no they're idiots Uh, they but i but i don't know i don't know what the yeah. actual numbers were at this point. They yeah, probably I don't think thought they ever that... gave like actual numbers. I think like yeah, one when... of them mentioned at one point that they probably bought like fifty of one specific one at one point, or they owned them at least. I don't, but they never like yeah. gave specifics on their total amount. Yeah, like whenever interviewers asked them how many they had, and they they just say like all of them and then some, yeah. meaning like they have every single style, but also multiples of yeah. multiple styles. They probably thought they were sitting on like a multi-million dollar gold mine when they didn't know that they were all bricks. Technically, some of them were. Uh, I guess mine. I guess at that time when the boom was, you could have like sold whatever you want, but like eventually they blow up. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Um, so because there was no word from... Yeah, uh, I already read that. Uh, but there was one man who stood against them. The, quote, Beanie Meanie. Beanie Meanie. Yeah. Uh, Is this the like, Ben Shapiro of Beanie Baby hate? I, I mean, I wouldn't, I w- I wouldn't misalign him like that. <laughs> uh, basically, this guy was uh, named Harry L. Rinker. Uh, he owned his own consulting LLC, a firm that specialized in providing appraisals, consultations, editorials, education, and research when it came to antiques and collectibles. He saw Beanie Babies for what they were, toys for children, a fad, and eventually, a bubble. He often butted heads with the Naperville women, arguing that their numbers were speculation and that it was dangerous to find any of these toys to be worth more than their retail price. Thus, he was nicknamed the Beanie Meanie. Because he was ruining their fun. Oh, what a butthole. Trying I wonder, to pop their bubble. I would have liked to heard what he said about, like, Pokemon cards and stuff when they first came out. Oh, I'm sure he would have said the same yeah. thing. Like, he he seems pretty competent. Like, he comes off as negative because he's being put against collectors who are avidly advocating for it. But, like, he he recognizes what yeah what a fad is like stanley cups it's a fad and they're pointless and they're, <laughs> and they're poisonous yeah 
Nothing a little lead. A little lead won't hurt you. There, there's a reason why, like all the schools and everything, chain they had to like change from lead paint and change from like asbestos in the walls. Like it's bad for people. No. Yeah. Also in 1996, Ty Warner went to Zurich and opened a secret account. Quote, the exact amount he deposited is unknown, but by 20, uh, 2002, it had grown to $93 million. What is to keep the? What is Zurich? What is significant about it's, Zurich? It's in Switzerland, and it's known for its, like, its really big bank accounts. And also, like, for the most part, a bit of privacy, especially at this point. I think in, like, 2013 or something, they started, like, public publicizing... Like, I, I think a law made them publicize, like, which Americans had accounts there and, like, for how much, but... So if I get filthy um, rich, I have to open up a bank account there? That, is that no, at this point, at, at this point, they'll know, so you'd have to, like, go to, like, the Caymans or another tax shelter. Well, it, is the... Uh, this probably sounds dumb. Is the biggest reason to open up, like, one of those bank accounts to avoid taxes? Like, don't you still have to pay taxes? That's typically the reason, yeah. Okay, and that's just so, like, the government doesn't see it? Yeah, because they, like, how are they going to get Switzerland's, you know, accountants to play ball? So I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be a tax evader, by the way. Like, I would rather just pay and not have to worry about jail time eventually. Well, I guess if you're filthy rich, you really never worry about jail time. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that. We'll see uh, where my morals go once I get rich. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to restart that quote. Quote, the exact amount he deposited is unknown, but by 2002 it had grown to $93 million. To keep the account's existence from prying eyes, including those of his own accountants, he signed a hold mail form that instructed the bank not to send any mail related to the account to the United States and to destroy any documents in his file when they became five years old so he was being sketchy. sketchy he was being oh, very yeah. sketchy and like what 93 93 million at that time i guess in the 90s uh i mean money was probably what still worth like almost double so like 90 million was like 180 million in like now money basically i i don't think it would be quite that much but um it, it it's something yeah, close it's definitely yeah. a lot but it it, it it wasn't ninety three million when he put it all in there. It had compounded annually, probably, uh, and by two thousand two, it was worth ninety three million. So it was probably something more like fifty million or whatever. God, um, dude, I would have a stroke. I, I want money. <laughs> so uh, Brian Smith for Chicago Magazine had a really good write up on uh, some of a uh, Ty Warner's, uh, especially when it came to his tax money um quote the money warner stashed in switzerland remained there compounding tax-free for the next dozen years and each time warner got to the got to the part on his tax form uh, sorry on his tax return that asked if the taxpayer had any foreign accounts he checked the box that said no okay that's definitely sketchy oh yeah but he's i mean he's tax evading so well, yes. even if you say, well, I guess if you say yes, then you have to declare that income, right? Yes. Yep. God. <laughs> Kevin's taking notes. Man, hey, hey, you never know where the moral, morals go when you become filthy rich. 
Yeah. Yeah, I got to prepare. Uh, it's typically out the window. Yeah, I got I'm prepared. <laughs> So by the end of 1996, Ty Inc. had already retired 51 Beanie Babies. People started to believe that the retired ones were worth more, and they sought to get their hands on them. Like, some of them were just like, oh yeah, I want to complete my collection, uh, so like, I gotta go find these retired ones. Other people were like, oh, well, since they don't make them anymore, these have gotta be worth a bit more. I mean, that's usually how shit works, though. Like, and... To be honest, anything that anybody collects, it's all about, like, everything in collecting is made up myth. Like, cards and everything like that, even art. Like, the human puts the amount of money, what we say it's worth. Like, dude, we could get a collective of people and be like, hey, these random stocks are the most expensive socks in the world. They're worth like a million dollars. And if, as long as we can convince other people that they are worth that much, then they are worth that much. They're like That is literally how collecting money, like collecting things and like their value wor- works. Yeah, but uh, like it's, it's not just things. Like money is that way too. Money has value because we say it has yeah. value. We all agree as a society it has value and therefore it does. If we decided tomorrow that it didn't, like, money could become worthless because, you know, what are we going to do with all this wads of paper? Yeah. Wipe our ass with it? That's why I want, in, like, video games and stuff, like, like Fallout, it's what, bottle caps? Is that right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's just, it's literally what we say it is. And it's that's just insane to me that, like, like we can say whatever we want and they can be worth whatever we want. And that's why, like, debt and all that shit does not matter that's why like poor people shouldn't be poor right like because what do you not like like homeless people and stuff do you know what i'm saying i think so like because there's enough money and enough resources to where we can just like give like yes because it's all fake and made up because we made it right. up yeah okay but we won't i thought I- Thought you were saying, you know, pull pull yourself up by the bootstraps. No, 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 None no, no, of this no. shit's worth anything, so you should have enough of it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and in the late '90s, that thing we all agreed had value was Beanie Babies. You ain't getting uh, any Beanie Baby welfare off of me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very interested in how like the bubble popped because like it could have very easily like people could have very easily been like, hey these are still worth and they could have kept growing. Like, I just, I'm, I'm excited to see the end. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of get to that. Yeah. Uh, so, in reality, there were some that were genuinely rare, as in, like, there weren't very many of them. Like, uh, Pinchers the Crab, uh, initially, uh, a lot of the tags had uh, uh, errors in them. So, instead of Pinchers, it was Punchers. So, if you picked up one of those Punchers... That one's obviously a rarity, because once they figured out, like, oh, these are coming out with the wrong name on them, sell them off, but make sure they fix it, or, like, burn them. And Ty was also very critical of how each one looked, especially, like, eye placement. Like, he'd, like, get a shipment, and he'd look at their little face, and he'd be like, the eyes are too far far apart, burn them. (laughs) Like, we'll sell what we have, but we're not getting any more of those, you gotta fix the eyes. Burn and therefore, the ones with, you know, wide eyes or narrow eyes would be rare because they technically were unique to an extent. 
No more so than Peanut the Elephant. Peanut was particularly sought after because originally it came in royal blue. But after a couple of months of minimal sales, Ty decided to change them from a very to a very pale blue. Because of that, the pale blue one sold a lot more. Um, people just found it more aesthetically pleasing for whatever reason. Oh, here, I've got a picture of Peanut. Let me... I think you sent it. the first one, unless you had another. Yeah, uh, I, I already sent it. Yeah, the yeah, blue, the um, royal blue one. Yeah, so that's the yeah. royal blue one. And those are technically rare. Although, like, that picture might be of, like, a teeny beanie that came out way later or something yeah. like that. I don't know. But the original uh, royal blue peanut was rare. So there were there weren't nearly as many of those produced as the later more successful pale blue ones. In 1997, eBay sold $500,000 worth of Beanie Babies. That's, that's a lot. Beanie Babies were such a moneymaker for eBay, they made up 6% of all eBay sales in a year, making them partially responsible for eBay's success. Because eBay had just come out in, like, 95, and then, like, 6% of their yearly, like, sales is just Beanie Babies. That's insane. That, that's a lot. Thanks, uh, Beanie sellers, Babies. Sellers on eBay averaged 500% profit on the retail price. I mean, dude, they were making money. It's just... They, I mean... That's crazy. Yeah. I want to say that'd be... Like... 200... Or... $2,500? Yeah, five... What, it's... It, it'd be yeah, it's 500 25, times 5. $2,500. Yeah. People are paying $2,500 for a $5, like, stuffed thing. Yeah, dude. In 1997, Thai Inc. generated roughly $400,000 in sales in Beanie Babies. Oh, no, that can't be right. Sorry, $400 million in sales in Beanie Babies. We're getting close to uh, that billion mark. Yeah. During the height of Beanie Baby, Beanie Baby Mania, nearly 100 price guides came out all by so-called experts, which is just people like the Naperville wives and other equally zealous collectors. Kind of like you... sending out your Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards to like a uh, appraisal service. Yeah. So graders, like, PSA. Great, yeah, PSA graders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the Naperville wives, uh, Peggy, uh, Peggy, 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 uh, Peggy Gallagher. Uh, she has gone on to appraise, her website's last count was 150,000 Beanie Babies to authenticate them as real. Jeez. Yeah. So she just, funny. she made a business out of it. So like, well, the same as like other graders and stuff, basically. She's still doing yeah, that and now? Yeah, she, uh, at least as far as like 2021 or 2022, um, whenever that documentary came out. Yeah, she, uh. She does it for like 20 bucks, uh, I think, plus shipping and handling. So you send your Beanie Babies to her. She puts them in uh, a sealed box. It's got tamper-proof uh, stickers on it. And she signs a certificate saying, like, yes, these are authentic Beanie Babies. Uh, mm, this is because the grade level for it. I'm assuming they were, unless she doesn't do grading. I, I don't know exactly how she grades. I forgot to write that down. Um, she might I mean she the, she could just do authenticating, like and that that would be different than grading. Yeah, I I think she was mostly about authenticating because as we'll see in a bit, 
there was a lot of fake BD babies out there eventually. Because you have authenticators, you have graders, uh, you, you know, like there's so many different types of like stuff when it comes to like collecting things. From Zach Bissonette for uh, BuzzFeed, he wrote a book in uh, 2015 or 16 called The Beanie Baby Bubble. I couldn't get my hands on it, but it sounds like a really like thorough book on this. But for BuzzFeed, he wrote, quote, A New Jersey father's self-published price guide pegged Peanut's value at $2,500. The book predicted that it would be worth $7,500 by 2008. That price guide, the Beanie Baby Handbook, sold more than 3 million copies to become one of the best-selling self-published books of all time. That's fucking ridiculous. Wow. An ad, an ad in Mary Beth's Beanie World, Mary Beth was one of the other Naperville wives, um, extolled the importance of purchasing hard-shell plastic lockets to protect the animal's heart-shaped plastic tag that read, quote, Safety precaution, please remove all swing tags. It led to this headline, quote, how do you protect an investment that increases by 8,400%? On the left, with her trunk flowing off the page, was Peanut. That's that's one of the things I find really insane. Um, you Did you guys ever see those little plastic heart, like, covers? Yeah, I've seen them on a few. Apparently, like, as far as I can tell, none of those were sold by Thai Incorporated, at least not at this point. They were just sold by people like trying to make a business off of protecting your beanie babies yeah. and i believe the same is true for the uh, acrylic cases a lot of people put them in it was like etsy shops before etsy shop i guess so ty received up to 100,000 calls from retailers looking to order new shipments a day to the point where they had to install a private number just for ty to call in that's crazy that like or yeah. Or as Dave Barry wrote at the time in the uh, Miami Herald, quote, Beanie Babies were originally intended as fun playthings for children, but as the old saying goes, whenever you have something intended as innocent fun for children, you can count on adults to turn it into an obsessive, grotesquely over-commercialized hobby with the same whimsy content as the Bataan Death March. <laughs> so now, Beanie Babies are big business, with grown men and women fighting over them and paying thousands of dollars for certain rare, rare models, such as Peanut the Royal Blue Elephant. Not to be confused with Peanut the Light Blue Elephant, who only a total loser would pay thousands of dollars for. Bro, he, he, this dude's salty that he didn't get in on the ground floor. He's like, I missed my chance, so now I gotta be a hater. I guess that or he just correctly like realized, oh, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's, but it's only stupid if you say it's stupid. If we all kept saying, hey, this was the coolest thing in the world, people would still be collecting Beanie Babies now. That's a big if. Yeah. Like, you're you're right if it did happen, but to get people to continue this frenzy is nigh impossible. Yeah, it's not like on the Randy Marsh collecting. Yeah, (laughs) and also like so like going with shoes because that's the easiest thing like Jordans and stuff like that has like a person like an icon behind it, so it's easier to like continue to sell those shoes over like thirty years than it is like beanie babies there's like there's nothing behind the beanie baby to like continue the madness if that makes sense i think shoe collecting is just as shitty as 
and stupid as Beanie Baby collecting. Yeah, but it makes a little bit like the shoe collecting. Just you're in not my wearing mind. them. They're bigger, yeah. so they're taking up more space. Yeah. I I mean, it really depends on if you're wearing them or yeah. not, and if you're like wearing them for their collectability, you're not wearing them. If if you're buying them for their collectability, you're not wearing them for the most part. Which, yeah, I, I, I do find most collecting to be rather stupid. Because, like, it might make sense to that ind- individual person. But, like, in reality, a lot of these things is just going to be what somebody has to sell off at an estate sale when you die. And they're not going to get very much for it. Yeah. The, uh, um, the closest yeah. thing I collect are like monster tabs, but that's just because like sometimes monster does like a tab thing where you can send in a bunch of tabs and like maybe get something out of it. But I haven't had monster in a while, so I just have like a drawer at work just full of monster tabs I haven't <laughs> touched in a while. I don't really. Yeah. I don't collect much. I want to collect lightsabers, but lightsabers cost a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, I I just stick to media. Yeah. Books and uh, DVDs for the most part. I um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the only thing that I like I understand collecting wise, like is like real art. Like that makes sense because it's made for you to literally like hang somewhere and look at it or like you know literally see it. So, but that's assuming you actually do that, and you don't just like wrap it up and hide it away from the world like a lot of art. Well, then that's just stu- like, that, then I think that's stupid. Like if I'm gonna buy like a collecting art thing, yeah, I'll probably put it in like a protective case and stuff. But like, I would l- rather have it out. But I mean, I guess also if it's like a million dollars, I would also be frightened that somebody would try to come steal it. But I mean, I have an it's, I have an idea. It's um, possible. We do JPEG images, okay? <laughs> and you you put a code behind it to give an authentic authenticity, and try to market that. Uh, question: um, Will there be slurp juices we can apply to them? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, they are still copy. Can you paste- apply multiple slurp juices to one? Yeah, and you'll still be able to copy paste them. So, but the, you, you, if you own it, you still have, you still technically own it. But that's not going to prevent people from copy pasting it. I'm just putting that out there. But um, we'll put value behind it. Yeah, but you'll have the code, so you'll know it's yours. Yeah. Yes. What's in, dude? In, in the NFT and all that shit is insane. The only way that it would actually work is if we have a real, like, virtual world that you can, like, be that fucking avatar. But that's not, like, we're not, we're nowhere even close to that. Like, we're... I mean, they, they tried it with Meta, but uh, everyone fucking hates Zuckerberg. So yeah. they're like, oh, I'm not doing well, that. Well, even, even if you have, like, even if you have it with that, like, like, I would want to physically be able to be that character... So say I own it. Say I own it. Yep. I would. I want to be able to be that character when I fucking play Call of Duty. When I play Halo. When I when I like get on Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. When I get on like anything. If it's an like electronic skin, I should be able to apply that to anything. But also, 
that like coding and everything is in fucking possible at this time. It makes no sense, right? Like there's like it's just there's no because think about how many NFTs there would be. I fucking like, people hate seeing a Call of Duty lobby full of bored ape caricatures shooting at each other. Exactly. God, they're so ugly. So I didn't mean to derail it. I just, you know, I, I had this idea and I just wanted to put it out there. Until it can be like Ready Player One, I'm not buying any NFT. Right, Unless I can get that. rich quick and like I can buy it and then sell it like within the day. Other than that, I'm not doing it. Have, you had to do that like two years ago. Yeah, but... Hey man, it, 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 at least Beanie Babies are something you can actually touch. Yeah, but also the taxes and like crazy things behind doing the nfts like just not not worth the headache to be honest like even trying to buy it yeah uh so beanie babies are now the hot ticket and they continue to be sold uh for five to ten dollar ranges at stores but when they hit the aftermarket those numbers reached dizzying new heights and with that potential to make money not everyone was on the up and up some of the Beanie Babies were worth as much as a thousand times their original price, so counterfeit Beanie Babies became a viable industry. In 1997, 456 counter Beanie Baby, counterfeit Beanie Babies were seized from O'Hara Airport, while another 17,000 were discovered in Orlando, Florida around the same time. Can you call it O'Hara? Uh, no, I just misread the thing. It's O'Hare, right? Yeah, it's O'Hare. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's... It's misspelled here. I, I, sorry. No, you're fine. I'm um, just giving you shit. Yeah, but uh, another 17,000 counterfeit Beanie Babies were discovered in Orlando, Florida around the same time. There was also people com like committing straight-up fraud. Like, Obviously, selling online always comes with some risk. Uh, but uh, there... Like, there was one woman in Florida making $12,000 from selling non-existent Chili the Polar Bear figurines. There was also people, like, using, like, yeah, using uh, bounce checks or forge checks to, like, buy Beanie Babies, and then they would go sell them. So, like, it's just a fucking mess. It's like um, those people who are, like, trying to buy PlayStation 5 and Xbox like anytime a new console comes out and there's like an eBay reseller and they try to like buy from them and it's just like the box. Yeah. Uh, or it's like an, an Xbox 360 glued to a PlayStation two. <laughs> um, so like, because of all this fraud, like Ty wanted to protect their brand. So they started getting really litigious, including at one point they sued uh, Mary Beth for her, beanie world saying it was infringing on their license by using beanie so she had to change it to beanbag world did they did they ever use the term beaner at any point i don't believe so however uh there is a story about a uh, ghost uh beanie baby that was named spook boy yeah it it finally got changed to spooky but the other interesting thing about that you know how i was talking about how ty had been dating a woman named faith mcgowan for yeah. most of the 90s. Yeah. Well, one of her daughters gave the suggestion of how to do Spook, which is later renamed Spooky, which is a much better name. Like, just, she drew the design. And originally, he credited her. But after uh, he and Faith broke up, he told them to get her name off of it. He was like, no, that was my idea. What an asshole. 
Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not a nice man. But yeah, they ended up suing like 70 different entities because of infringement, including those uh, Grateful Dead Bears and another one that was like Christian, be- like not Beanie Babies, but like Christian Teddy Bears. I, I don't know if they were made with beans or not. They actually tried to sue the like the Grateful Dead Bear people? Uh, yeah. That's I, I don't know if they succeeded or not. I don't think they There's did. There's no way they... they probably succeeded on any of that. They, it was probably just like scare tactics to be like, hey, stop. So they sent them that. But like to have like, like uh, I forgot what it's called, like an actual case against somebody trying to make like a stuffed animal or something, that, that would mean like you can't make any type of stuffed animal. As long as they like change the inside, like as long as they don't use what it's like PVC uh, pieces or something, plastic pieces. Yeah, in PVC it. pellets. Yeah, as Do long as they didn't use that, PVC there's no way. It, well, uh, I wouldn't say no way, um, but you are right that it is mostly an intimidation tactic yeah. of just cease and desist, otherwise we'll take this to court. But, you know, like, copyright law is pretty bizarre in America, and so if you've got, like, the same face design or, like, a logo that's too similar, like, with the hearts, there could be grounds. I mean, they're not suing Pal World for... Uh, poke like uh, Pokemon aren't suing Pound World, even though they well, took it. But Pokemon, not yet. But didn't Pokemon take their thing from something else from another game? They or another thing? They used assets from I think Dragon Quest or some other game that had similar looking designs, like that a game that came out like ten years prior to the Pokemon series. But everyone uses that in in an argument. It it. it it, it, it's whatever. I'm not playing the game. I just also just don't care. Yeah, I, I didn't look into it beyond just like, oh, what's this? It looks terrible. Uh, but uh, it's possible that lawyers are currently, you know, collecting evidence to take it to court. I don't know. Um, it, it does seem like something that they definitely could. Nintendo is very picky on what they do like they prevent like a lot of like tournaments unless it's a tournament that they're promoting themselves um, or like fan games that are or fan games similar. that are made if it's using like stuff like that uh, they even like took down the mod that like someone made where they reskinned a lot of the pal world pokemon and like the character to look like ash and stuff like they made sure to stop that mod from happening yeah uh so We'll see. It uh, could come to something. I don't know, but uh, we, we got to get back to Beanie Babies, boys. Um, so one of the other uh, women who wasn't part of the Naperville crew, I think she was from Virginia or somewhere on the East Coast, was a woman named Janine Tortoise. She was a na- Navy cryptology expert before she, and, and then like she worked in the FBI and a couple other jobs. And then like at some point she became hooked on Beanie Babies. Uh, and that's, where we get this delightful little song. <laughs> are we are we loading it up together? Yeah. I don't mind listening to it for a fourth time. I'll bet. Alright, uh, ready, set, go. I wrote a song, uh, it's a beanie rap, and the words just flowed through my fingers as I typed them into a computer. Um, people have told me it's catchy. 
Oh, yeah. Let me tell you a story about a guy named Tice who's equated these bees that make me hot. Little beans in their bodies and cute little faces and addicted to them. Been to all kinds of places, smuggling beans upstairs. It's no lie, and it all ain't at all on a guy named Tice. Beanie rap. It's a beanie rap. It's a beanie rap. I'm all tied up. The word just flowed through my fingers. Man, she could have done like the Pokemon rap. Where they started rapping, uh, rapping all the names of the Beanie Babies that exist. <laughs> yep. So I, I just think that's like one of the fun and more innocent parts of this. Uh, this story. is from a former FBI agent too. Yeah. <laughs> she's had a very fascinating career. To, uh, to get so enthralled by something that she's just like the words flowed through me, and then she made that song. That like that's just so funny. That's. And it's and it's the thing is it's so innocent. Like you can just tell that she like loves Beanie Babies. <laughs> yeah. Like... So I I just thought that was worth sharing. Meanwhile, there was also people like Phyllis Maselli, aka Queenie Beanie. She saw the game for what it was. She got into Beanie Babies purely to flip them on the secondary market, and she was good at it. At one point, she was asked to sell a guy twenty thousand dollars worth of Beanie Babies. But he was stationed in Hawaii, and she didn't trust them to reach there by mail. So she packed him in a suitcase and took a plane to Hawaii. When the man's wife went to the bathroom, they did the deal. Duffel bags of Beanie Babies for $20,000 in cash. Even... I mean... What the f... That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, I mean, there's so many stories out there of people who, like, shelled out everything they had like there's this one uh soap opera like ex soap opera star who converted his six-figure child's college fund into beanie babies thinking like they would be worth more so like he ends up with fucking nothing like not only does he not have a bunch of money he doesn't even have a fucking college fund anymore he can't send his kid to college what a what a yeah, dick. There, there's also like an eight minute YouTube video um that's a short film by this kid, uh like I say kid, he he was probably like either late teens or early twenties when he made this, but he just he's just interviewing his family because his family lost like a hundred thousand dollars on just buying beanie babies. Cause like the the dad saw that they were like worth a lot according to one of the price guides and he believed it. So, like, he had to buy one for all five of his kids, like, one of each one that he got, and he'd have to get five of them. So, like, just collecting for years, and, like, they'd be, you know, like, going to the stores and, like, have a whole circuit, because, like, a lot of stores limited how many one person could buy at a time, so they'd, so they'd, like have neighbors go in, or, like, friends or, like, family members go in and just, like, buy one on their own. I and then like the kids shit. and then yeah and then the kids would have to uh inventory them on the weekends <laughs> like just look <sighs> like that my family would do that when they would go to buy like soda or something and they would have like a deal it's like you buy like four cases of soda for so much but it was per person so even as a child like my aunt and grandma were like okay well he's me I'm also buying four separate cases, so it'd be like separate transactions just for all of us, just to buy 
extra soda at a discounted price. So I, I fucking hate that shit. I, I always hated having to go grocery shopping with my family because they would do stuff like that. I'm like, ah. In order to save $4 on sugar water or whatever. Yeah. Dude, what gets me the most are people with, like, gas prices. Like, brother, it is two eighty six here, okay? Down the road, it is two eighty five. There should not be seven hundred people for two cents that will accumulate over what your fifteen gallons. You are saving thirty cents. Go to a regular gas to go to any like. You are. Why are you waiting in line for forty five minutes for thirty cents worth of saving? Or why did you drive across town to do it? You just like <laughs> ate up those savings by driving <laughs> so, all that way. Our, our Circle K's down here had a thing happen a couple months ago, I think, where like if you signed up for their program, you got like a certain amount of cents off per gallon. So like every Circle K was just full to the parking lot, like almost lines going out in the road. I'm like, this is fucking stupid just for gas. I mean, I get it. You're trying to save money on gas, but at the same time, like, Please go fuck off somewhere but, else. But even what makes no sense is you are wasting so much time to save money. You are letting your car idle there. You are already wasting the money. And by the time that you save enough to make a difference over your, uh, let's say you start driving at 16, let's say, well, you 60 years, 60 years of driving, you like, you're not even. You're probably going to save thirteen dollars altogether in your entire yeah. life. Thir- Enough to buy two beanbags. <laughs> like, like it, it makes like you are not going to save enough money. Like it is. I will see a line at the gas station, and I'm just like, I was like, what is? I was like, there's a gas station across the street that is one more cent, and, and like this one's full and that one's empty. It's like, yep. and I'm like, I'm going over there. <laughs> I'm not fucking waiting 30 minutes for for 15 cents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that, uh, like, especially with the uh, soap opera star, like, he got in really late to the game, so he was buying the ones that were mass-produced and virtually worthless. Like, they, they would never be more than the $5 he bought them for. So, like, he, he just completely fucked Poor himself. Poor guy. Like, what an idiot. Yeah. Um, that video you you're talking about that uh or the guy kid interviewed his family he was talking yeah. about like they would his parents would take them out of school or get to school late to go buy beanie babies that's like yeah. how deep in the trenches they were as well yeah even some of the naperville wives sold some of their collection just because you know they had extra and they could like uh peggy sold uh 50 of her patty the platypuses for three hundred dollars each, which would be fifteen thousand dollars, she ended up uh, buying a new Mercedes with it, with the vanity license plate B babies. Jesus Christ! So uh, a new- I just uh, so I'm still pissed off about this gas thing. So uh, <laughs> we gotta just, move on. Just give, me, just give me one second. So I did some basic. Right. I did some basic math. Say you you fill up you fill up every week. For fifty-two okay. for fifty-two weeks out of the year, you know, most people fill up at least once a week. And say you save sure. an average of thirty cents a week by like going around. Okay, 
if you take that 30 cents and and then you like do it or whatever and then you times it by 70 so for 70 years like you take the number okay. for 52 weeks and that's your one year you times that by so 30 cents times 52 times 70 yes the mo the what you would save over 70 years is $1092 now tell me right now is $1092 worth the 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 hours of time that you wasted sitting there. Hey man, that's halfway to a royal blue pea. No, no, dude, I'm I, I, dude, I'm about I'm fired up about this gas thing right now. Fired up. Okay. So that's what Peggy did with hers. Another woman, Paula Brinko, uh, used her proceeds from selling her Beanie Babies to adopt her first child. That's hey, at least that's sweet. Yeah, at least but there was. It was you're a Beanie Baby baby. On, on on one hand, yes, it is sweet. On the other hand, it's like, oh, you sold children's toys to buy a child. You traded me for baby or children's toys. She didn't buy. The I mean, child. at least she it wasn't the saved, other way around. She you know saved what I mean. The child to give it a better life. What did they? What What did they name the kid? No idea. Uh, Royal blue. I wonder. I, I wonder if it's some beanie baby name, <laughs> I bet, or like they named it Ty. <laughs> We were gonna name him. We were gonna name him after the little lobster, but we had one of the rare ones, so his name's Puncher, not Pincher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mary Beth Sobolowski was once offered a hundred thousand dollars for her Beanie Baby collection. She declined. Doesn't seem to have put her out too much. She still has a nice big house and everything, and I'm sure, like, between her uh, former career and like whatever her husband did, like, they were fine. Uh, but. Yeah, it it would be brutal to pass up. I wonder what some of like their collections are worth now. Like after like thirty years and the bubble popped, I wonder like because I, I bet it's got to be worth something. I mean, probably nowhere near the amount that they paid, but it's got to be like worth like a decent number, like all of it together. Well, because those women got in so early, they mostly just paid retail price. Like, they might have had to pay a little extra for shipping for some of the further away places. But for the most part, it, it seemed like they got theirs from the retail market and not the secondary market. I'm just, I wonder, like, has, so you don't know if any of them have, like, like, you don't know if any of them's told, said, like, their number now or, like, if, if like, are, or do we even know if like beanie babies like rare beanie babies are worth anything now? We can get to that at the end. Um if you go on eBay right now and search beanie babies, there are offers for thousands of dollars. Like but that's just what the asking price yeah. is. That's not what anyone's paying. So it's impossible to say for certain. There are some beanie babies that we're are still being asked for like a thousand dollars or whatever, but like in reality they sell for four dollars because it's still just a plush toy. So it, it's impossible to say. I don't remember any of them mentioning like a, exact details about their collection besides like the limited things I've been able to say already. But I don't remember them saying specifics or like readjustments or anything. For the current time, yeah. Even there's like some rare comic books that that are right now that aren't worth as much. I know, like ten years ago, some uh, there's a number one of something, but it was also graded like a 
it was it was graded like a 7.5 or something and it was worth like 1.5 million and now it's only worth like 1.2 or or 1 million so like d- depending i believe i believe that was like the first introduction of either spider-man or superman yeah so like i mean even super rare comic books that you think aren't going to like ever lose their value still lose value because like who wants that shit like if there's no if no like if nobody's like if the comic book world isn't booming your collection isn't booming it's still like it's basically like trading like date like like stocks and shit too yeah uh, so 1997 was also the year of McDonald's teeny beanies. Uh, so in spring of 1997, Thai partners with McDonald's to produce teeny beanies, which are smaller beanie babies given out with every Happy Meal. A hundred million teeny beanies were produced uh, for the five-week promotion. They sold out in two weeks. I know I, I know I had one, and it was it happened. So this is my only beanie baby story that i ever remember or a teeny beanie thing is like i got one or i don't even know if this was like did they sell them after this boom or was this the only time they did this annually for the next couple of years okay Um, so so this was one of those times that they did that so I, i got one at one of those times so, but, uh, mm-hmm. we were, like, on our way to, uh, Florida. We were, like, going to vacation. I guess it was during this, during one of those time periods. And we got it. And we were going with my cousins and everything. And I, like, we got it on the way there and I had it. And, like, I, like, I drew on it because I was a kid. And I drew, like, this, like, cool scar on the eye. Because, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a kid and think that's, that's cool or whatever. Sure. But I, But I knew that one was mine. And so we were heading back home after the vacation. Now, like, I had played with it the whole time. It was mine. We were heading back home, and we were in the van driving back, and my cousin took it, and I flipped out. And I was like, this is mine. You can see where I drew on it. And he was like, no, no, it's not. And, like, my mom and my, uh, I guess my, like, she's our cousin, not the aunt, but, like, uh, they were like, it's fine, it's fine. And I, like, flipped out, and then I beat the shit out of my cousin to get it back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, like I, I went know, off, and but I got it back. And like you, you, you mentioned that you had a, a story related to the teeny beanies. I thought what you were gonna say is what I'm gonna bring up next. Uh, so at least one shipment of teeny beanies was given a police escort. There was another one. There was a truck uh, that was driving near Atlanta on the 285, right? I, I, I mean. The 285's near Atlanta, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. like it goes past yeah. it. Uh, and s- for some fucking reason, Beanie Babies just started spilling out of the back of this truck. Like, this was a truck on its way to a McDonald's. And so these teeny beanies just started falling out on the highway. And drivers were, like, slowing down and, like, opening their doors and reaching out and trying to, like, grab one as they drove by. <laughs> uh, this is during rush hour traffic. And there's, like, helicopter footage of this car stopping and I don't know if it's a, like, mom or a dad driving, but this, like, 12-year-old kid hops out and, like, runs into the street, grabs, like, three of them, and then runs back into the car, and they take off. And You thought, you thought like, that story was going to be me? I was the kid running around? <laughs> well, I, I didn't think you'd be that specific kid, but I was like, and I the only Beanie Baby I have is one I picked up off the road. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's the one I beat the shit out of my cousin to get back to me. Fair enough. <laughs> 
So McDonald's stores were inundated with twenty to uh, fifteen to twenty, sometimes twenty-five calls every half hour, inquiring about availability. McDonald's had to cancel all scheduled TV advertisements over concerns that, quote, massive crowds were putting employees' safety in jeopardy. And USA Weekend, uh, sorry, USA uh, Weekly conducted a poll later that year that discovered 64% of Americans owned at least one Beanie Baby. That's so many. That's a, that's yeah. insane. That's a, like a big number. Yeah. 97 was a pretty bizarre year. The 31st of August, 1997, Princess Diana dies in a car crash. Um, we don't have time to like really get into the details of that. But following her death, an estimated 2.5 billion people watched her funeral. Wow. You know what's a good time for? A beanie baby. You're goddamn right it is. In October 1997, Princess the Beanie Baby was announced. Uh, the proceeds went to the Diana Memorial Fund. Princess was a purple beanie bear with a, with a white flower on its chest. A Washington Post article dated two months after Princess Di- uh, sorry, Princess's di- debut claimed that the bear was on sale for $350 at a kiosk at the Pentagon Center Mall in Arlington, Virginia. Quote, it was crazy, Becky Esten, Esten Saro and Karen Boker, the founders of Beanie, of Beanie Authentication Service True Blue uh, Beans, recalled. Quote, we saw them selling as high as $1,000 for a while until more supply came in. Many shops held lottery-style giveaways to raffle off their bears for charity. So, most of the time, this shit was in the secondary market, like people selling on eBay or in classified ads. But for these specific ones, the stores were racking up their price to this. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if you have high demand and low uh, uh, low inventory, you got to rack up those prices to make more profit, you know? Supply would be the word that you want to That's use. it, supply and demand. Yep. Then in 1998, Ty gave all of his employees their yearly bonus, as a, or their, year, their yearly salary as their bonus so like he gave them they got their regular salary and then he basically yep. doubled their salary all their salaries that year yeah that I mean that's i hate to say it but that's i mean i would i would love my boss at that time i'm like you're a good boss yeah that's awesome the next year ty inc allegedly made one billion dollars he gave them the billionaire bear the billionaire bear was a brown bear with a dollar sign on its breast, and each one of them was numbered so Ty would know if any of them sold their bear. The bear was valued at six thousand dollars. <laughs> that's a, now that's a dick move. Just give, give us our salary again, dude. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Lena Trevetti, like the woman who uh, came up with the website, came up with the poems, wrote most of the poems. Number twelve. Um, number twelve employee. She still only made twelve dollars an hour after working there for like six years. Oh, wow, that's all. And after all these contributions that like really made Beanie Babies what became Beanie Babies, so she asked for an exec like, "Look, I want a hundred twenty thousand dollars a year as a salary." They said no, so she had to leave because she realized they still thought the internet was just a fad. So like that contribution didn't mean anything, and like all those. Lena Trevetti poems that she had written, they didn't give a shit. 
Yeah. It's awful how many people got screwed over by this. That's crazy. Like, like she did all that work and you were still like, hey, I'm going to pay her $12. Like, even though she's worth much, much more. Yeah. 1998 was also the year Ty starts the Beanie Baby official club. Uh, I didn't really look into it beyond that because I ran out of time and stopped giving a shit. Uh, But in 1999, the Beanie Baby craze reached a fever pitch with deadly consequences. So there'd been plenty of crime already, but most of it was just financial crime, you know, fraud and uh, counterfeits and whatnot. In October, a man named Jeffrey White, who was 29 years old, shot and killed a man named Harry Simmons, who was 63, over what was considered a Beanie Baby deal gone wrong. So there is more to that story. They had been trying to go into a business selling stuff. Uh, so one of them had given the other like a couple hundred dollars plus a, hun- a couple hundred dollars worth of Beanie Babies in sales or uh, in, in like their su- uh, expected price. And then they returned with nothing like for whatever reason. I don't know if they just like blew the money or whatever. Uh, There's also, like, a suspicion that Harry Simmons had gotten Jeffrey White fired from his lumber job. But in any case, a man died because of Beanie Babies. I mean, that's stupid. The best things, usually people die. So in 1999, Ty put a counter on, uh, sorry, a countdown on the website leading to the end of the year. When the or, like, close to the end of the year. When the countdown finished, the website announced that Ty Incorporated would produce one last batch of new animals, and then Beanie Babies would be done forever. One of those last creations was a Beanie Baby bear called The End. That's a dope-ass name. I'm assuming they didn't end forever, though. Like, Or did his contributions end? I guess we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, I've seen I this like bear before. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there's the little protective tag case. Yep. So, people obviously lost their fucking minds. Many decided they'd had enough of this bullshit and gave up on collecting, but many more still convinced that Beanie Babies, uh, still convinced of Beanie Babies' inflated worth scrambled to buy, grab as many as they could uh, to either hold as an investment or sell on the secondary market as quickly as they could. Then the website featured a poll asking if they should continue making Beanie Babies. And, for just 50 cents, anyone with an internet connection could cast their vote. How many votes? They didn't believe, they I, didn't believe, in, the, uh, they didn't believe in the internet boom, but they were like, let's try to capitalize on them, though. Yeah, I couldn't find out exactly how many votes were cast, but unsurprising, the poll passed with 91% in favor of saving the Beanie Babies. Ty Inc. agreed to continue making them. Uh, This chaos made Ty Inc. another massive boost in sales, but it basically broke the magic uh, of the collecting and the bubble finally burst. Like, it, it had already been deflating for a bit because, like, the newer models were a lot more easy to find and therefore like even after they retired they weren't getting the value that they had back in like 96 and 97 but like at this point people people were like relatively done and anyone left holding a shit ton of beanie babies uh was just left holding a bag of junk basically they burst their own bubble but i bet if they would have like 
actually ended the Beanie Babies there, your Beanie like Beanie Babies now probably would have been worth a lot more. Maybe. Um, so this bear, uh, this white one covered in stars, is called the beginning, and it came out after the end to like start the new decade, or the new millennium, I guess. Uh, around this time, Faith McGowan uh, decided she needed to at least be prepared to leave Ty Warner. Uh, they'd been dating for over a decade and living together uh, for close to the same amount of time, but she realized, quote, if Ty changed the locks on the Oak Brook house while the girls were at school or I was at work, I had nothing. No house, no money in the bank, no employee severance, not even a credit card. So she began selling highly sought-after Thai collectibles to establish a financial safety net, and not long after, uh, they broke up and she was able to get away with some, like, something. Uh, she then went on to live, like, a pretty quiet life, and she had a, um, she had a, a memoir that went unpublished, and unfortunately she passed away in, like, 2013, so, uh, That'll probably never come out, which sucks because I bet her uh, point of view on it's fascinating. Probably. Yeah, so 2000, the company decides to keep producing Beanie Babies as well as a new line of Beanie Kids, which are fucking horrifying. Um, Beanie Kids. I for yeah, I forgot to Google that. They're basically what they sound like. They're Beanie Babies, but they're shaped like babies. Human babies. I'm not interested in that. Nobody was. <laughs> or at least not many. They look but like still Cabbage the, Patch Kids. Yeah, kind of. Um, but like they're still filled filled with beans. The, somebody went through the effort of putting on those heart tags on them. Or the like heart protectors on them. Yeah, I don't... Mm -mm. I don't see the fascination so, uh, in those. I, I don't either. Like... They seem off-putting to me. But they had, like, different styles with, like, different hair colors, different skin tones. Uh, the clothes were, I believe, interchangeable. So, um, you know, at least at least there's something to do with them, as opposed to Beanie Babies, which is really just, like, playing hacky sack or putting them on the shelf or whipping them at your brother when they're not looking. In any case, so Beanie Babies is has reached their high point um but during their high point they like we don't know for sure because they're a private company so ty basically made all the profits uh, and he didn't have to disclose anything but during their height it was alleged that they made more than both hasbro and uh mattel i think it was mattel uh combined for a year i could see that i can like just with yeah. the, with the big boom but like you know, they probably, uh, you know, they're still around making a ton of money, so. Uh, they've gone on to make several other toy lines as well as promo uh, crossovers. Sorry. With, like, Disney, Nickelodeon, DreamWorks, and other brands. Uh, in 2013, Warner's bank account was discovered, and he was put on trial for tax evasion. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, according to uh, Brian Smith for the Chicago Magazine again. Quote, there he stood like a circus curiosity on full display in the sh harsh, 
in the harsh fluorescence of a packed 23rd floor courtroom in the Everett M. Dirksen U.S. courthouse. The media and onlookers straining for a glimpse at the entrepreneur who, the entrepreneur who had been called Chicago's Howard Hughes. For a 69-year-old, he had oddly taut skin. His eyes darted behind rose-colored uh, lenses set in tortoise frames. He rubbed his upper lip nervously. His hands fumbled with a set of headphones set, uh, provided to help him better hear the arguments on which rested the potential of an even more unthinkably indignity. Prison. Quote, he looked like he could be in a wax museum, someone whispered. So this is him during that. Uh, and this is after, like, a couple decades of plastic surgery and, you know, being, at this point, 69 years old. You sure that's not Conan O'Brien? <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, I can definitely um, see the, the plastic surgery and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, something about him looks... It just looks a little off, off yeah. Like, his skin his uh, skin and, like, face look like it's um somewhat been embalmed into look like that. Yeah, it's a bit of Uncanny Valley vibes. Anyways, but while the recommended federal guidelines suggested sent sentencing him to four years in prison, the judge, Charles P. Kokoros, decided, quote, Mr. Warner's private acts of kindness, generosity, and benevolence are overwhelming. I believe, with all my heart, society will be best served by allowing him to continue his good work. At this point, Warner had already paid $53 million, which is 2% of his net worth, back, uh, plus back taxes, so his sentence instead was two years probation, 500 hours of community service, and a $100,000 fine. Damn, that's nothing, basically. He's just like, that's nothing. Yeah. It pays to be rich. Fines are just crimes that rich people can break. Yeah. Uh, in September of 2021, a woman named Catherine Zimmy, uh, who had been Warner's girlfriend since essentially right after Faith, uh, so for, at this point, almost two decades, had filed a complaint of abuse from Warner uh, from the Independent, quote, while Warner and Zimmy were never officially married, the lawsuit states they, uh, yeah, the lawsuit states, they public publicly presented themselves as such and both wore r wedding rings. In 2002, Zimmy claimed Warner proposed to her and wrote his, his, his promise of marriage on a note that she kept in her possession, but which he later allegedly stole and destroyed. They also discussed a prenuptial agreement, she said, but none was ever drafted or executed. In 2012, the, co the lawsuit claims years of broken promises and controlling behavior culminated in a physical incident in a bathroom at the Four Seasons uh, New York, which... By the way, he bought, he ended up buying a lot of properties, like, at the end of the um, 90s, which is why he went from, like, having $1 billion to having, like, $2.5 which Warner owns, in addition to the Four Seasons Biltmore, uh, the Coral Casino, the Montecito uh, Country Club, and Las Ventanas, you know, just a bunch of resorts and shit. When Zimmy told Warner that she was leaving him, he allegedly placed his hands around her neck and told her, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Warner squeezed Zimmy's throat so hard that she realized that her life was in danger if she ever left him, the, the suit claims. 
Zimmy claims she was put under constant video surveillance at their Montecito estate, where Warner had designed and built an art studio for her and a private bedroom for her granddaughter, and she told a friend to, quote, keep searching for her if she ever turned up missing. More recently, Zimmy began using a cane, which Warner reportedly didn't like. He would allegedly hide it from her, then reprimand her for steadying herself on walls and objects around the home. Warner also berated uh, Zimmy for not finishing her meals, for coughing excessively, and spending too much time away from him in separate parts of the estate. He would shout, Katie, 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 until he, she returned to his side, the complaint states. Uh, it looks like that case was dismissed in 2023 after like a year and a half of legal battles. So it's hard to say, you know. She was just trying to get this, that money before he dies because he's, what, 79 at this point? Yeah. She's trying uh, to get that money. Something like that. What, she is? Yeah, she's trying to get that money. I don't know, because that's, that's the third woman who's accused him of abuse. Oh, I thought it was the first. Uh, no, uh, pa Patricia Roche accused him, and so did uh, Faith. Of, like, um, abuse abuse, or, like, he's just, like, a shitty boyfriend? I, um, at least for Patricia Roche and... Uh, Katie Zimmy, it sounded like abuse abuse. Uh, for Faith, uh, I didn't find anything concrete and again, I couldn't find her uh, memoirs or a, yeah. or like a way to read Zach's book, but um, yeah, it sounds like he's a, an abuser. Yeah. Um, but again, this is all alleged. I, I can't say definitively for legal reasons. Uh, I believe the women's claims, but it is what it is. We'll it's never, we'll never right know. Now. And he has Part enough, he has enough money movement. to always cover it. Yeah. Uh, but he also has no heirs, so uh, it's going to be interesting where his money actually goes when uh, he shuffles it's off. going into Anyways. his grave with it. So he, had, he, he ended up having no kids after being a billionaire? Not even some yep. illegitimate ones? As far as we know, no. Interesting. Uh, so, there have been over 5,000 Beanie Baby styles created. I'm not sure how many of them were, like, the first iteration versus, like, the newer iteration, which has, like, much bigger eyes and, like, uh, a lot of, like, promo uh, crossover stuff. Um, the last thing I wanted to show you guys, because, like, that, that's kind of a heavy ending. I wanted to leave off with something which is, like, in one way at least kind of funny, but on the other hand, like, deeply disturbing. Did he get a beanie baby of himself made? No. Uh, no, this is this is different. Um, uh, shit, Kevin's not wearing his glasses. Mike, can you describe what's in this photo? <laughs> I can still see. If Kevin can't read this, it says a divorcing couple dividing beanie babies in court circa 1999. Colorized. They're literally picking out which Beanie Babies are more important to the, like each other that they like find value in and stuff. Yeah, so the Las Vegas Sun, uh, a newspaper, uh, had this article published November 5th, 1999 uh, by a woman named Stacy J. Willis. And I just wanted to read some of the excerpts from it because this is kind of funny and brutal. Quote, Divorce is often hardest on the babies. Divvying them up can be emotional. 
This morning, a frustrated Clark County Family Court judge ordered an erstwhile couple to divide up their collection of Beanie Babies one by one under his supervision in the courtroom. Maple the Bear was the first to go. Quote, this isn't about toys, it's about control, Family Court Judge Harold Hardcastle told the couple. Because you folks can't solve it, it takes the service of a district court judge, a bailiff, and a uh, court reporter. They were snickering among the five or six people in the gallery. Quote, I don't agree with the judge's decision to do this. It's ridiculous and, and embarrassing, said Frances Mountain, moments before squatting on the courtroom floor alongside her ex-husband to choose first from a pile of dozens of stuffed toys. The courtroom was silent for about three minutes while the two took turns picking babies. Francis and Harold Mountain divorced four months ago. According to the divorce decree, the parties were supposed to divvy up their Beanie Baby collection, estimated to be worth between $2,500 and $5,000. But the man and woman failed to split up their toys by themselves. The collection was still in Francis's possession Thursday when Hardcastle heard Harold's motion to get his share of the litter. Quote, I... I've just had enough, said Hardcastle, who'd been a family court judge for seven years. We spend a lot of time dealing with some simply unreasonable issues. They are time-consuming, expensive issues. A lot of our calendar is made up of just this kind of nonsense. So I told them to bring the Beanie Babies in, spread them out on the floor, and I'll have them pick one by one until they're gone. Uh, if you're not embarrassed to stand in front of a district court judge and ask to have your Beanie Babies divided, why should you be embarrassed for the press to be here? Maybe they don't want their neighbors to know, but I still think that something there's something to be said for people being held accountable for their actions, and Harold filed this motion to take up court time. Harold said he needed the money for his, uh, of his share of Beanie Babies, but this is embarrassing! Well, yeah, it's I embarrassing. I can't go over the... Uh it brings back memories of old school classroom time the giant crtv sitting on top of the rolling cart yeah yeah so basically what this is is it's two people like two grown adults uh in what is very clearly 90s attire on their hands and knees in front of a judge like between the two um b lawyers benches just Digging through a pile of Beanie Babies, and each of them taking one, and then the other takes one, and then one, you know, just back and forth over children's fucking plush toys because they need the money. It's like, it's such an indictment of, like, capitalism. It's just like, how do you see this and not be like, oh, we're fucked? <laughs> Dude, no, this was still before 9-11. Think about, I guess. think about how embarrassed they are to look back on it now and be like, oh, we divided these and they're worth nothing. And we went to court for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we spent, like, hours of our time sitting on the floor of a fucking uh, courtroom divvying up plush toys. <laughs> Such a waste of time. Just like just like waiting in line for gas. That's just one cent cheaper. Jesus Christ. Alright, uh, so that's what I've got on Beanie Babies. I have a suggestion for Beanie Babies. We should do a partnership with uh, the Ralph Polo Lauren, whatever that brand is. You know how like every year the logo on it gets like bigger and bigger for whatever reason? Okay. They should do that, but it, the tag, the tie tag gets bigger and bigger with every iteration until it's uh -huh. just like bigger than the Beanie Baby. I think that'd be pretty funny. 
It's just the it's just the tag, but the beanie baby with the tag instead, like instead. Of yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, it, just you get your polo shirt. Like the horse logo is just getting bigger and bigger all the time. You just do that with the the tie tag. You, you can send yeah, the check I'm, in the mail, I'm, Ty. I'm sure he'll get right on it. It'll, <laughs> it'll be attached to a cease and desist. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any final thoughts, guys? No, I'll I'll, I'll end it with this, uh, guys. Remember that money is a figment of our imagination. Don't waste your time at the gas station, and for the most part, collecting things totally asinine. And we humans put the value in it. So, if it's something that you like, just get a collective of people. And make everybody, convince everybody to like it as well, and then it'll be worth something. But again, don't waste your time at the gas. You're not going to save any money over time. You're just wasting your time that you could be with other people doing fun things. Or, or if you collect something, collect something because you like it. Don't collect it hoping it'll be worth a fortune. Like, if you want a fortune 50 years from now, get a fucking savings account. Like, you know... <laughs> That's just the way it is. Uh, Mike, you got anything else? Yeah, as long as my dog doesn't bark. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to start a new NFT. It's Beanie Baby NFTs. There you go. Follow. It's on my... You'll have a blockchain. Figure out how to make them more worthless. You can copy and paste a JPEG. Doesn't matter. It's still got worth to it to me. It, it, I'll make so much money, I'll throw a party and blind and give you whatever else with... Medical grade UV lights. I forgot about that. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and do our plugs. Guys, thanks for listening. Catch us for more on X. What it used to be Twitter at what underscore we underscore consume and on Instagram and what we consume podcast. <sighs> Mike, you got anything for us? Or you just. Yeah, you can, you, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'll totally be posting my first NFT runs of the big Beanie Baby NFTs at uh, at it, it Michael. God damn it! My dog started barking. It doesn't matter. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Blue Sky at Grassman94. Twitter is Michael Raby. That's all I got. <laughs> and I am at King Hagathor on both Blue Sky and Twitter. Other than that, bye bye.